0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. This is my podcast. Thanks for stopping by. This one is a big one for all John Green fans. You know who you are, you're nerd fighters. Whether you're a nerd fighter or just a casual fan or just curious about. Who I'm talking to, or if you've heard a little bit about Fault in Our Stars and curious about that, uh, this week's episode is a really special one. John Green is a a really a force of nature in publishing right now. Um, in in vlogging and video uh, blogging, obviously he is huge. Um, his fans, I have uh, I've n- kind of never seen anything like it, and uh, and it's no wonder why. I've gotten a chance to talk to John a bunch in the last few months and gotten to know him thanks to uh, my covering of uh, this film, *The Fault in Our Stars*, which opens this Friday, which is going to be huge. I know it. It's um it really checks all the boxes for fans of the book, uh, and I've seen it with audiences and I've seen them respond, and it's if you don't know it already. It's a it's, it's a love story. It stars Shailene Woodley and uh, the next big thing, which is Mr. Ansel Elgort, uh, and uh, and it all comes from the brain. Of John Green, and he is so entertaining in this podcast. So open, so funny. Uh, it was such a thrill to talk to him. Uh, he literally just left the office moments ago as as I tape this. and uh, And tonight on Monday, as I tape this, is the big premiere here in New York, uh, the world premiere for the Vault in Our Stars. And this Friday, all of you guys can check it out, and I know you will. Uh, so I'm not going to say much more except to say, as always. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Tell me who you want to hear on the next podcast, because I do want to uh, hear from you guys and, and know what I'm doing right and what I can improve on and, and who you just want to hear. Um, and as always, check out all my stuff on MTV.com and MTVnews.com and afterhours.mtv.com and just just all the dot-coms. Um, and, uh, and I think that's all the plugging for today. So without any further ado, here is John Green.
1: Where I'm sitting, yeah. Uh, Make a phone. How's it going? Um, good. Where'd you fit in on the approval matrix? I
0: made it to brilliant lowbrow. Which, um,
1: I was brilliant highbrow.
0: Were you really? And I was. <laughs> There's a rivalry. I
1: fucked up your mic.
0: Adjust as, as, as you see fit. Well, you're I don't a
1: pro. I, don't, I actually don't know how I, now I it w- It looks like you,
0: so you know much. what you're doing. Yeah, but. <laughs> Oh, now I got got it. got it. Got Would someone it. mind closing the... Actually, we're yeah. on some soda, right? No, you got it. I got okay. the soda. Now, you, now we're man. good. Don't lock us in. Don't you dare. I can't survive in here with John Green all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for stopping by, man. It's good to see you. It's been a whole, uh, what, 12, 15 hours?
1: I know, yeah. It's good to see you, too. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking at who you're podcasting with in the future. Uh, it's a very impressive don't, list. Don't reveal the secrets. We I can't... won't. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but I'm just going to say... The listeners have a lot to look forward to. Who
0: who knew knew that Charo was still out there doing press for the (laughs) Love Boat?
1: (laughs) I know. I'm just going to stay under your desk so that I can hang out with Charo.
0: Right. It's pretty exciting. I don't know why my first reference to the podcast was a a 30-year-old Love Boat um, actress, but we're off and running, I guess.
1: Yeah, although I think it's hard to argue that Charo's 30.
0: Well, I was going to say 30, uh, meaning... Thirty dist- years ago, she was relevant, but she's still relevant.
1: She's relevant, yeah. If she if she's not relevant, how come we spent the first two minutes of our special <laughs> talk talking about her?
0: Um, it's, it's so exciting to see you, especially this time. I mean, as we as we talk today, uh, hours away from the New York premiere, yeah, the big premiere, I yeah. Mean, everything about the all the events in this are, uh, as you well know, you must be getting a headache in the best possible way from the screaming fans. It's been it's been crazy.
1: It's been uh, very difficult for me to get my head around, but I'm just trying to enjoy it, and I'm so grateful to everybody for coming out and supporting the movie.
0: Yeah. Does it feel like I, I, I'm in a privileged position when I cover films like this, and I get to – I feel in, in a small way I get to like ride along with you guys through this process, and I got to visit you guys on set. And it's, it's honestly always exciting to then to see – I mean, I was at that screening a month or two ago here in New York, and I had never – I literally never heard – like that kind of response in a crowd um yeah me neither that doesn't happen in movies uh does it i mean i i I would think it doesn't get old it's always bizarre and shocking and that that's not what the human brain is meant to deal with on a regular basis
1: yeah yeah (laughs) brains are not designed to deal well with crowds they aren't designed to deal well with yelling um but the thing I keep telling myself is that i'm very, very lucky that they made such a good movie because um that's that's no credit to me and all credit to the filmmakers. Um, I got really lucky you know so many books that I love were turned into movies that i don't love um, it's a very rare thing to to be in this situation and i'm just so proud of the movie and so excited about it
0: you've uh, you know you've talked a lot about how um You, you know, in the past, you've shied away from doing a a ton of uh, television press, and obviously, the nature of of a movie, uh, trying to get the word out on this is like, you know, I saw you this morning on the Today Show. It doesn't get better than that. I have
1: been on TV more times in the last three hours than in the previous 10 years. (laughs) Because I hate being on, no, I mean, no offense to television people, but I kind of hate being on television. I find it very stressful and weird, and you can't control your image, and it's just a weird thing. And, um,
0: So what are the devices for coping?
1: Have you figured out like a... There's a great Robert Frost quote, the only way out is through. (laughs) Um, But I felt... I I really like this movie and I felt like I had to say thank you and the only way that i can say thank you is by um by doing press you know um so this is fun like this is this is chill and cool and it's good to hang out with you and i i know you and i like you and uh no one can see our faces right now Um, (laughs) you don't know about the cameras oh god oh god (laughs) is this a vodcast
0: (laughs) only for you only for you Uh, does it feel like um it's it's because it's an odd conundrum about you. You're you're a very in many ways you're a very public person. Obviously, you put a lot of yourself out there, thanks to the the, the vlogging and the and the um, uh, and obviously your writing. Yet you have to keep some things back. Have you had to wrestle with that over the last few years in terms of like what you keep to yourself?
1: you know we've had to those. think we've had to think about it a little more my wife and i than we used to um because even when we there's long been a very supportive community of nerd who made made our work possible and did great projects with us and that's still a huge part of our lives and it will be hopefully as long as i'm working but um you know in the last couple of years with so much more attention and, and the book reading uh reaching a much much broader audience than sarah or i ever imagined possible i mean that this never crossed our minds we've had to be a lot more cautious just in the way we we deal with our kids um because i want i want our kids you know we live in indiana and i want our kids to have normal midwestern lives um and to not have to think about this stuff too much i don't want my my kids to think about their, their parents too much like i never really understood what my dad did for a living and i think that was a great blessing to me
0: right I mean, I know you you spent time uh, here in New York uh, years ago. Will Indiana remain home? Is that is that important for you guys to...
1: I really love it there. Um, I'm really happy there, and we have great friends. I miss New York sometimes. I miss being able to order sushi at 3.30 in the morning. I miss um, the energy of the city. This is such a special place. There really is uh, no place I've ever been that's remotely like it. But um, a lot of the things that I dislike about being a person like standing in line and getting a driver's license and the sort of like general oppression of crowds and bureaucracy. These are not things that New York is great at dealing with. So
0: you're saying you're really happy to be right here at Times Square right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, a, it's a delight. <laughs> I always say, yeah, it might be the one demerit of this job is the last five blocks of my commute of just through the lovely tourists. But it is a lot of
1: very stressful weaving. Um, You have to weave and weave and uh, everyone is nice. Uh, And I have to say, I mean, one of the nice things about New York is that it's, the uh, people who are well-known um, are treated with a great deal of respect in New York. That isn't the case really anywhere else. Exactly. Uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe once called it his only heads-up city, like the only city he where, he, where, where he doesn't have to look at his <laughs> shoes when he's walking.
0: It's an important factor when you're Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's also got to be kind of like a uh, screw the brain a little bit knowing that you know, you're the same guy you were basically, I would think, you know, five, ten years ago. And five, ten years ago, as you've, you've been open about, like, you know, you would have, like, a, a, a book reading or something. And there would be, what, five people in the audience. And oh, met, if I was lucky. I would be delighted with five. <laughs> so how do you reconcile that, that you're the same guy up there, yeah. and that was most of your life. And now you're in this weird period that hopefully will continue where – you're you're Mick Jagger up there.
1: <laughs> I mean, It's crazy. A young Mick Jagger, right. <laughs> uh, to be clear, not not current Mick Jagger.
0: Mick Jagger is still young. He will live past beyond beyond all of us. Let's be honest. He's
1: Sort of pickled. Um, <laughs> I mean that in a loving idiot. way, Mick Jagger. I know he's a huge fan of the podcast. He does love it. So yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Mick, uh, see you next week. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> um, I'll still be here, cowering <laughs> under Horowitz's desk, waiting for you. Um, yeah it is it is at times difficult to reconcile that you know the main thing is that my professional life is not my life and 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 what I do for a living is not me right. um, and I, as long as I can hold on to that as long as I can hold on to the sense that uh, my life my identity my sense of self is not uh, is not wrapped up in my work then when five people come to my readings it won't be devastating and when ten thousand people come to my readings it won't make me think that I am right. uh, a different person or a better person or whatever I mean the great privilege and opportunity of, of consciousness is is being able to relate to other people but but it has to be on a on a real personal level so the, the most important I, I mean the relationships that i, I have with the nerd community is tremendously important to me but the most important relationships in my life are with my family my closest friends and you know that stuff hasn't really changed they don't care i right. mean <laughs> keeping you my time. one-year-old baby definitely doesn't care but even <laughs> you know no they don't care they're proud of me in the same way that i'm proud of them when good stuff happens at, at their work
0: uh, going back a little bit when when did you when did you realize uh that you could make a living at this what was the turning point
1: um i mean my first novel came out it sold a couple thousand copies in the first year and um but somehow it w- i could make a living because i'd had some foreign deals and also i had no needs back then i was very, living very inexpensively um and there there's lots of different ways to sort of piece together a living writing you know, lots of freelance jobs and stuff and it occurred to me that I could just do it, um, but then I didn't actually want to. I like having a day job, I like having steady income. It's weird to me not to have a day job, it feels very scary. Um, so I, I like not having to mentally rely upon the idea of writing a certain book by a certain deadline that has to sell a certain number of copies. That that's, um, that limits my, my crea- creative expression and creative experience. So I still work, I mean I still, I still um, do crash course, uh, online education series, on on youtube and um you know we, we we're lucky to work with uh w- with lots of nonprofit organizations um on on that stuff and you know i go into the office every day and so you I, consider that that's the day job that's the day job i go in the office every day i do it um but then in the morning i try to write
0: gotcha i, mean, I'm, I, was, I was curious because like when, when looking at the just the output of your material i mean there there's such a in addition to the books that's just the tip of the iceberg there's so much out there that you've produced already i mean and most of our brains have a finite amount of creative juice and energy. I mean, does do you worry that like does the well run dry at a certain point, or does it run dry for a period of time? And does the the online videos take away anything from the writing?
1: Well I don't know I mean the one the hope I find in that is that I wrote fault in our Stars while I was making videos and and it was by far my best received book. so I take some hope away from that. I do worry about it sometimes. on the other hand, at times I feel like the well doesn't run dry as long as you're pumping you know the well doesn't run dry as long as you're working and it's right. when I stop working that the well runs dry and also I mean I, I've had some m- mental health problems in my life and periods where you know, um, when you're, you know, when you're in a state of really profound obsessiveness or depression or whatever, you don't get much done. And that becomes a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy, then you get mad at yourself for not getting anything done. So I feel very lucky to be in a place in my life where I can work where I have the energy where I have the excitement where I have an audience that gets me excited to work every day. So I try to focus on that I do work a little bit too much sometimes but um, but I, I like it. I really like it. I like all the stuff that I do.
0: Does the writing come in spurts? I mean, is it more routinized? You say you, you know try and write in the morning. I mean, do you find like you'll wake up at 3 in the morning and, and write 10 pages? Cause no, I wish. I love those people who can do that. I
1: think that's so awesome. Like they just wake up inspired. They had a dream, and the dream was perfect. I wake up, and I had a dream, and I'm like, that dream would make an amazing novel. And then I write it down, and I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I have to burn this so that no one ever finds it. Uh, no, I, I do write in spurts. I mean, I, you know, it takes me a long time to get, uh, to get sort of started. Um, so I'll write a hundred thousand words that I can say very little of, and then I'll find my way into a narrative voice that I can follow through. And then suddenly, you know, the, the, the novel comes out, the draft of it anyway, relatively quickly. Right. But I just have to trust that process, and for me, that means that means being disciplined and trying to, you know, write a, on a schedule as as much as I can, as many days as I can.
0: Are, are you are you critical of your own work? I mean, did fault come more naturally in, in, in a more? Did it feel like once you had that first draft of it, did you have to go back and edit it a lot, or did it feel like? this beyond the other works feels more complete. It feels like I, I nailed it the first time.
1: Oh no, I, I always delete more than half of my first drafts. Um and that was that was very much the same case for Fault in Our Stars. I mean there were some wretched wretched parts of it. Um but I'm glad I, I I knew that, you know, this at this point in my career, like I've done it a few times, so it's not devastating to me to have to delete seventy percent of a first draft. I understand that that's just part of my process, and unless I find magically find some more efficient way of doing it, like that's going to be the way that I write probably for the rest of my career. Right.
0: I'm curious, also, like in an experience like this, which is so unique and just it it just it happens once in a lifetime if you're lucky for for a creative type, um, where audiences graft onto material and make it their own and then a film is made and you're happy with the film and that, that's its own thing it's obviously not a literal adaptation but it is a very faithful one do you feel like more connected with the book is your relationship with your own book different now thanks to both the fans and that the fact that there is a slightly there's a you know by the nature of the medium there's a different interpretation of it out there
1: yeah, that's a good question man that's a really interesting question um In some ways, I feel closer to it, but in in the most important ways, I feel more able to let it go. I feel more able to let it belong to other people and to let it, you know, hopefully have a place in their lives. Um, It's a very personal story for me. It's hard to write. Um, It was was painful to write. I should add, whenever I complain about writing, there's a little voice inside of my head. It's my dad. It's my dad saying to me, as he has said to me many, many times when I complain about my job— well, kid, it ain't coal mining <laughs> um, and it ain't and I don't want to uh, i don't want to sound uh like it's so so wretched to have to sit at a typewriter or computer uh every day and move my fingers over a keyboard <laughs> um but uh it was a difficult book for me to write and um and it was you know. I mean, I hope I came to a hopeful place with it, but it was a long it was a long road getting there. It's been a great gift to me that so many people have responded so generously to the book that these people made the movie so well um because it has been a way of sort of um letting me go, letting me let go of some of those fears some of those um uh some of those things that that terrify me about being a human um and I do feel a lot better. I do feel a lot better in my relationship to human life and to the universe than I did before all of this. And I don't think it's because the book has been successful. I think it's because um, the readers of the book um, and the people who made the movie have given me this great gift of of kind of believing w- with me in the idea that, that short lives can also be meaningful lives. And, and, and in the idea that... Um, there is there is meaning to life. It doesn't matter if we're, it's constructed or, or if we derive it from somewhere. It it, it can still be real.
0: I'm curious, one thing I, I appreciate about your work, and I think a lot of your your fans do as well, is that you you know for, for some YA whatever you want to call it is is a stigma. Maybe it's too har- a harsh a word, but some people almost view it as as, as a lesser thing. Yeah. Um, and you embrace it. This is your, this is what you do best, and there's nothing to apologize for in connecting with teenagers in in the way that you do yeah um it was that something you had again had to reconcile a little bit where you had to feel like you were apologizing in the beginning or did you always feel like yeah this is this is what i do best and this is awesome that i can connect with such a important part of the the development of a human being
1: yeah that's a good question i i think you know very early on um I wanted to write a YA novel because I, had, I admired so many YA novels. I'd started reading them as an adult when I started working at this magazine book list, and I was blown away by how good they were. Um, but there was still a little part of me that was like, I want to be a proper fancy writer. I want to be a writer who gets proper fancy reviews and all of that stuff. It turns out that I have, I have gotten a lot of proper fancy reviews, and I'm very grateful for that. But... Um, but there is there is still a stigma associated with it. I think that I kind of get a pass on that stigma, partly because of a lot of um, privileges associated with, you know, my my sex and my my race, but also because um, I write so-called realistic fiction. Uh, and and one of the things I actually love most about YA is that I share a shelf with. Science fiction and fantasy and mysteries and and all kinds of romances. I mean, I write romance, but I'll, I'll, you know, right. a wide variety of romance and and I share a shelf with uh, dystopian novels, and I love that. I love that those books can be in conversation with each other, and that we aren't drawing these bright lines between um, you know genre fiction and proper fiction. Because I I um, I think of myself as a genre fiction writer and. Um, and I, I, I wish I could write fantasy. I have tried to write fantasy, and my friends have kindly told me that I should probably stick with what I'm good at. Um, but, you know, we're so lucky in YA to live in, in a relatively uh, diverse publishing climate where teenagers, you know, move back and forth in, in their readings, and they're comfortable reading both uh you know they're comfortable reading dystopias. They're comfortable reading urban yeah. fantasy and realistic fiction, and that's really important to me. I think
0: it's also been cool from my perspective. Like uh, I, I've been able to interview, uh, you know, a bunch of folks in in that space, including like Veronica yeah. Roth and Cassandra, and and there really seems to be camaraderie among you guys. I mean there is. Veronica just tweeted something at you the other day. I saw it's it, it seems like it's a very like collegial atmosphere to say the least.
1: It's a tremendously supportive community. Um, I have to say that I I have I don't think. I don't know about much about the world of adult fiction, but I don't think maybe it's quite so supportive. Um, you know, we, we all, we are all fans of each other's books. I am, I am a fan of Cassandra Clare. I am a f- huge fan of Veronica Roth. I, you know, I am a fan of these writers. I re I buy their books the day they come out. You know, yeah. I, I love Holly black and I love Walter Dean Myers and I love Jackie Woodson and I, I, I love their books. Like I, you know, beg Jackie Woodson for a pre-publication galley of her most recent book, um, and got it yesterday, and have been like reading it while I'm ha- having to do all of this interview stuff. Like, as right. soon as I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go back to reading <laughs> "Brown Girl Dreaming." I'm so I, it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. We're very lucky to have it.
0: How much did uh, you think uh, J.K. Rowling change publishing? Change that your, your your space. I mean,
1: I think J.K. Rowling uh, made made it possible. Uh, I think that children's books, YA books, first off, they were seen as only for children and teenagers, not for adult readers. Um, But more importantly, uh, they were seen as sort of an afterthought in the world of of publishing. And now you know, we live in a world in which probably 20 of the 50 best-selling books in the United States are published for for teenagers or, or children. That's a very different world from the one that we lived in even 10 years ago when I started publishing. And I think that Uh, A lot of credit goes to J.K. Rowling. I think um, not enough credit goes to Stephanie Meyer. I think Stephanie Meyer also uh, opened up a lot of doors for um, YA novels in terms of adult readership, broad adult readership, and Absolutely. and that's made a huge difference as well.
0: Have you have you spent time with J.K. Have you ever?
1: No, I have never met J.K. Rowling. I couldn't. I would never. I wouldn't know what to say. I would freak <laughs> out. I don't even. I don't want to meet her. Um, never
0: meet. The sweat starts pouring down. Seriously, you're making me anxious
1: just imagining it. I never meet J.K. Her. Come on. <laughs> oh, never meet your idols. Is she, is she is she gonna be on the pond? Um no, I am I really I'm so grateful to her as a writer, but also because the world that she created um has been such a hugely important part of the video blog community that that um Hank and I have right. been lucky to be at the um at the uh, kind of at the front of for the last seven and a half years. I mean, Hank sings songs about Harry Potter. We go to Harry Potter conferences. Right. Like I was going to harry potter cons a long long time ago and the thought of actually meeting her i don't know no thank you can
0: you deal with radcliffe at least he's the nice i could deal he's, with radcliffe i could guy. totally
1: deal with radcliffe he seems like a really cool guy he's
0: literally the nicest dude on the planet is he yeah he yeah, seems I really like he him. is guys get along, I oh that's cool <laughs> um so talk to me a little bit about i mean the, the fact that this was not your first this is your first uh, obviously book that's been adapted for for hollywood but it wasn't your first the process wasn't the first for you yeah um what was, the, what was the first one? Was it for Paper Towns, or what was... No, the, it was
1: for Looking for Alaska, okay. and it was shortly after the book came out, and it was amazing. It was life-changing. It allowed us to move to New York. I was very, very... I'm, I'm still very, very grateful that that happened. And that was
0: selling the rights to Paramount, basically, right? Yeah, we
1: sold yeah. the rights to Paramount, and... Um, and then, you know, Paramount ha- still has the rights and will have them, uh, forever. Um, and they will choose w- when to make a movie and what movie to make and, and, um, or, and whether to make a movie. And if I can be of use to them in that, in that process, I'm happy to do it. I, I you know, there was a couple great scripts along the line, along the line written by, um, Josh Schwartz who created the OC sure, and he yeah. just did a great job and, um, they just didn't see a way to make it. And, uh, you know, Hollywood is a very complicated business that I don't have a great understanding of, but um, th- that one's out of my control. The other ones are in my control, which is awesome, and I'm very lucky about that and very grateful for it. Um, some of them were option, but they've all returned to me now.
0: One would think, um, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, but after opening weekend of this one that suddenly there'll be a lot more movement i mean paper towns is already obviously moving yeah but suddenly a lot of people maybe paramount might be giving you a call have they already talked about potentially yeah we've had
1: we've had some conversations um look i the main thing to me is not i there is something magical about reading a book where you haven't seen the movie right. or where you don't know the movie adaptation because the characters belong to you. They are wholly inside of your minds. If you're the kind of person who pictures characters when you read, you can picture them. If you're not, like, I don't really picture faces when I read or anything, but um, but the thing that's happening inside of your consciousness is so special and weird and powerful. And the visual image, I think, is, you know, it's so ingrained in us as as central. Uh, we live in such a culture of hyper saturated images that um or hyper-saturated with images that like I think it's very difficult then to read a book and not see those people right. you know Um, so I think I am I'm okay if, if they don't make a movie to me, to me, the question is not like, should we make a movie? The question is, can we make a good movie? And if the answer to that question is yes, then let's do it. Like if it's going to be as good as the fault in our stars and it's going to be as wonderful an experience and I'm going to have amazing friends out, out of it, like Shailene and Ansel and Nat and Laura Dern and Sam Trammell, like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, but if it's not going to be a great movie, let's not.
0: So uh, it occurs to me as you were talking, like, have they put out a, a version of of Fault in Our Stars* with the actors on the cover? Yeah, and is that that's okay with you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was not psyched about it, to be honest with you. I've never been a big fan of the movie tie in edition, as it's called. Um, but you know, a couple months spending time with Shailene and Ansel in Pittsburgh and Amsterdam, I started to think, you know, these. These young people have given so much to this book, and they have—they have been given such extraordinary life to Hazel and Augustus that I'm honored that they're on the cover. I'm honored that they get to share that book with me, and—and um, and I will always treasure that my, my copy of that book. Yeah,
0: it's—it's it's exciting to to also see, and I've gone through this a couple times, like watching films and development come to fruition, and to see kind of a star born. Shailene was already a star, but the, the, see the the fever around Ansel and the excitement and i mean obviously he's a great looking guy but he's got just charisma to spare and 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 this is this is by far his first leading role like it's yeah role. I mean, it's, it's just it must be fun just as like a fan and friend to kind of see him emerge through this too
1: i am excited for him i also think that he probably doesn't know what's about to happen know. you I know, know? so i'm excited i'm excited for him but i also want to like hold on to him hold on to him real tight um He's uh just a wonderfully talented guy and he just did such a great job in this movie. I yeah. mean, I don't think it, it, I was I was a big fan of his and a huge advocate for him being cast as Augustus, but I I had no idea he was going to be that good. Yeah. Um and I think he just he understood Gus in in profound ways and yeah, he's going to be his his life is about to change for sure. Um but I'm so I'm so excited for him and and he um He's going to have a great career, I think, as, a, as an actor because he is wildly talented.
0: This uh, Friday, I know there are a bunch of events. Obviously, there's the premiere tonight here in New York. I think you guys are doing an event the night before, like the night it Yeah, Thursday night, right? yeah. Are you also, like, are you just going to be kind of going from theater to theater trying to, I mean, if I were you, I would want to just, like, soak in that reaction because it's going to be so cathartic yeah. for people and it's going to be just a buzz to feel it. Are you going to be out in the theaters this next weekend?
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't, I mean...
0: I can't tell us where exactly. And where. Yeah, <laughs>
1: what does what to, what what showings and what theaters? I am I am going to go to the theater with um with my wife and and some of our friends and you know sit in the back and just uh just just enjoy that that magic moment of um that that you know we've been building toward for the last almost three years since this book came out and then. I'm going to go on vacation with my kids to a place with no cell phone service and no Wi-Fi. Undisclosed cave. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> What's your disguise going to be in the theater? Because everyone in that theater is going to... I'm not going to
1: have a disguise. I figure if you walk in like a minute after the movie starts and you sit in the back row, no one's going to notice.
0: I do tall... I'll drink water. Maybe. I don't know, maybe. I'll, maybe.
1: <laughs> My wife is always telling me to wear a hat. Like whenever we leave the house now, she's like, she's like, why don't you put on your hat? And I'm like, because it's not like the hat is magical. Like <laughs> I still look like myself. People would just be like, oh, hey, that's John Green in a hat.
0: <laughs> and thus, a new meme is born. Right. In the yeah. Yeah. Like hat
1: me or whatever. I, I, I don't want. Yeah. You know, I don't really like the way I look in a hat. I'm too old to like regularly wear a baseball cap.
0: <laughs> um. Do you, I mean, are you the kind of guy that thinks about career in terms of like where you're going to be in five years? Because I mean, is it? Do you see yourself primarily now, like if you know, on a immigration form or something? Do you write writer? I mean, what do you? Write, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I always write novelist and video blogger, which I'm sure is the most pretentious answer <laughs> on the oh, yeah on your on your immigration form when you're visiting you're visiting Canada <laughs> and they're like, oh, thank you for way too much information about your life, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I think of, I, I like both. I love making video. Um, the, the, the educational work that we do with the art assignment and with crash course is so important to me. And, and I think, uh, and it's important to, you know, millions of young people around the world. And, and that's not something that I could ever give up. Um, and I love writing books and I'm going to keep writing books partly because I don't have another good source of income, but also because I do, I do genuinely love that. I love it. I love the process of writing. I love being inside the world of a book um, I miss it I'm really looking forward to to getting back to that like all of this stuff is fun but like at my core I'm a person who wants to sit in a basement and and write all day
0: that being said uh, and maybe you can deny this all you want you're really good with a crowd with people you're actually i mean Thanks, as, man. as nervous as you may be inside you yeah. um, you 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 command an audience i mean were you ever like an aspiring performer growing up did you want to act i,
1: I was thing? i was in a uh, sketch comedy group in college um and i quite enjoyed it i was terrible unfortunately <laughs> i'm not a good actor um but all the to
0: discuss the cut cameo that's already it's been yeah done yeah death yeah yes. my like
1: cameo is cut <laughs> It wasn't cut because I was bad. It was cut because the scene didn't work in the I thought movie. You were about to blame the kid in the scene. Which no, the kid badly. was amazing. The kid was so good. That's the only the only sad thing about it <laughs> yeah. is that I played girl's father right. and girl was amazing. She was adorable. She held up her oh, end. no, she did a great job. It's I, I apologize to Sophie, um, but uh,
0: but you were not sketch comedy. It just didn't take or was yeah. It, I mean, it I loved
1: I loved writing. I loved writing yeah. sketches and I loved like hanging out with my friends. Um, but the actual acting part, I wasn't very good at at all. Gotcha.
0: What about, um, would you want to try your hand again at screenwriting? I know you, you tried to adapt. No, I'm so bad. I'm really? so, oh, I'm
1: epically bad.
0: What, what was just...
1: Screenwriting requires a lot of understanding of structure. Right. Uh, which it ter- I and a, my, my, I realized when I was writing the screenplay for Paper Towns that I don't actually know anything about plot. And none of my books really have plots as such. It's just that they have a series of things that happen, and then they end. Um, But they're not, like, structurally sound as stories, Uh Um, and I thought maybe that was just because I wasn't that interested in it, but it turns out that even when I try to devote myself to it, I still suck at it. So that's a good thing to know about yourself.
0: It's important. Yeah. Um, do, I mean, do you outline the books at, uh, before you... I
1: don't. Um, I, I mean, sometimes I outline a little, but I, I, first drafts for me are sort of an outline, which yeah. is why I delete almost all of them at the end.
0: <laughs> what, uh, again, not to like, put a dark cloud over your amazing career, but have you also thought about the fact that like what if the fault in our stars is the one is the, yeah is, is what if
1: let's not kid ourselves well, I mean, it's the one
0: there no but I mean no it, it's the one and however you want to define that yeah it's the one <laughs> is it the one yeah of
1: course this doesn't happen twice you know i'm not uh I'm not like Terry Mcmillan or John Grisham or something like i'm not gonna I'm not gonna be someone who goes on and has this kind of success over and over again and and um, nor to be fair, do I, do I really, is that really my ambition? Like it seems hard, frankly. One could argue
0: the people that, that repeat are, are the ones that don't court it anyway. So you're, you're sounding like the person that will repeat. No oh, great. Because if you said that you were, then you would not. If that makes maybe, sense. maybe.
1: I don't know. I mean, but like to me, to me, the, um, you know, I, I just, I can't worry about it that much. I, yeah. I, I, I've got to write, I've got to write. You know the next book and and let it be its own thing. You know, not let it be um, a follow up to the Fall in Our Stars because that's not going to happen. I feel very very lucky that that this is happening, but I also feel like, um, to be honest with you, that it, I'm proud of the book. I like the book. I I I still like it. Um, I, I mean, I think it has some some weaknesses for sure, and and like there's a lot of insufficiencies that I spent a lot of time thinking about, but like. I also understand that uh, the real story of this book is is not about me, um, or even about uh, the the book. It's about the the generosity that many readers have shown it, and then the amazing good luck to have a good movie made.
0: We we know you're a voracious reader. Uh, also, consume a lot of a lot of TV movies. What are I watch a f-
1: I watch more TV than I used to, but still very little. I'm a binge watcher of of certain programs. I love Orange Is the New Black um i i enjoy homeland um that might be it yeah. uh oh, deadliest catch Really? sometimes sometimes That's a I, wild card well my dad was a fisherman in alaska oh, wow. and i have always admired him he is like tough in all the ways that my brother and i aren't he's hiked the appalachian trail he's you know almost lost an eye and uh you know he's got stories about bears and I'm like, you know, I mowed the lawn once, um, and it got hot. Yeah, it was so hot, and then halfway through, I just called someone to finish it. Um, but, but yeah, I like I like that show a little bit. But my yeah, I, I love Orange is the New Black. I'm very excited yeah, for the new season. Yeah, June sixth. But first, go see The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> then go binge watch Orange is the New Black. That's my plan.
0: Right. No, that makes that's a perfect day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe start with Fault. Go watch, what is it, probably 10 new episodes or something? Yeah. And then bridge it with a, a little more fault. At the yeah, end. maybe
1: maybe, maybe they can go to the 10 o'clock showing of fault.
0: And find some food somewhere in there.
1: Oh, you can eat at the movie theater. Twice. You, I've just gotten you two great meals of popcorn. <laughs>
0: You're welcome, America. Nay the world. Uh, uh, in our remaining minutes, I've got this bizarre, weird Indiana Jones fedora. I love it. obviously has random questions in there, because what great. else would you fill it with? Yeah. Uh, would you care to take a few and uh, take a stab at I'm one? very excited. I know. I can tell. All right.
1: So I'm going to just, just, I'm going to grab in. one here. here. we go. Read it. Did Let's, you write these?
0: If they're good, yes.
1: Favorite cartoon character? Um, Ferb. On Phineas and Ferb, oh. a wonderful program. Yeah. Um, I I have a child, so that's why I know that show. But also, even if I didn't have kids, I would still watch of it. Have you ever seen it?
0: I, I I'm aware, but I have not. Oh, one
1: yet. it's a game changer. Your really? life is about to get so I'm much so better. Excited. Thank you, John, in advance. First concert. I don't want to brag. I don't think you are in a second. Oh, I am going to brag <laughs> because my first concert was an amazingly cool concert. Go for it! I'm excited now. They might be giants. <laughs> Winner. Still love them. Still go to their shows all the time. Is that true? I do. I am a, I am a huge They Might Be Giants fan, and I saw them when I was 13. My brother was 10. Even more impressive. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. The most imp- interesting person in the world is... That's a difficult call because my heart says Beyonce. Um, Is that
0: true? Is is your heart saying that or is your mind saying
1: that? I don't know. Everything inside of me is saying Beyonce. So maybe I should just give up and say it's Beyonce. Listeners
0: should know he's now doing the single ladies dance. I
1: am. I am. I am. It's a wireless mic so I can do it while I talk to you guys. And I don't lose my breath because I'm so fit. All right, um, when was the last time I cried? Oh, God, that's, that's, that's like, made for you. That's... Yeah, I mean, when was the last time I went through a day without crying? <laughs> uh, I am a crier. I am a notorious crier. I cried every day on the, fall, on the set of The Fault in Our Stars movie, it, even in very funny scenes. Uh, Nat or Ansel or Shay would come back, um, and they would be like, why are you crying? That was, a, that was all jokes. And I was like, I'm crying because you guys have been so kind to my story, and it just means so much to me. Uh, I cried yesterday. Um, Thinking about As my family My parents came in For the movie And they said nice things to me And they said They were proud of me And I cried I can't My dad can't say He's proud of me Without him and I Both crying Before he gets to the, the "pu" in proud
0: is, is it ugly cry? I mean is it kind
1: of it, like No I am a beautiful crier <laughs> I am dignity and dignity grace. full A dignity I never sob right. it's just like the uh the last of the Mohican style single tear dripping down the cheek I never I never let it get to sobbing occasionally I let it get to sobbing
0: right. well, that, that makes it special
1: yeah but that's very rare the last day of shooting I wept into Shailene's um shoulder and like heaved sobs but she was also heaving sobs and
0: that feeds on each other once like you know, oh yeah once are...
1: one person gets going it's over
0: <laughs> One or two more maybe
1: When was the last time You threw up um, Also recently
0: Is that connected To the crying
1: Well I mean In, in so far as uh, It's connected to anxiety <laughs> um, But yeah It was a couple days ago Just uh, feeling Feeling a little anxious Going into this stuff And blah.
0: <laughs> And for the record He just actually Vomited in my office I did Sorry Josh It was just now
1: It was just now I assume Yeah but you know the, This carpet isn't that nice It's no big deal No
0: we were gonna Reupholster
1: anyway It's fine I would hope so <laughs> You know, I always associated uh, MTV with being so hip and cool and young.
0: Oh, please. There's so much uh, th- throwing up in, on the floor at MTV News. This Good. It's like, Good. S- Sway vomits here every week. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> um, in 20 years, I will be, oh, God, 56 years old. What will we I be doing? Literally. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. Just yeah. I've <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, my kids will be in college. Oh. I mean, I hope that I'm, I hope that Sarah and I are traveling a lot and seeing the world and that I'm still writing and Sarah's still curating and we get to do stuff that we love. That would be awesome. That would be awesome.
0: And then there'll be the Fault in Our Stars reboot too.
1: Well, yeah, I'll be also writing, uh, I'll be like really hard up for money and I'll be trying to figure out a way to write a sequel to The Fault in Our <laughs> Stars, you know, the way that you do when things go sour. <laughs> we you sp- got- <laughs> spent all your, gave all your money to Bernie Madoff and. <laughs> Here you are.
0: If you still give your money to Bernie Madoff, you are a very unwise man.
1: <laughs> He's just writing me from prison. It's so compelling. Um, it's a yeah. pyramid scheme, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's, it's going to be called Fault in Our Stars 2, Electric Boogaloo. I've already decided on the title. I just don't know the plot yet. I think most of it's going to take place in heaven. But which, then there might be some Earth stuff, too. will be dancing, which always There's helps. De- well, it's a musical. Yeah. It has to be. Duh. Yeah, exactly.
0: that, I think that's, a, that, that's the place to end it, unless you like this next question. What do you think, John? I uh, want you to dictate the answer. This ending. is a good last okay, question. Okay, let's do it.
1: Zombies or vampires? Which is one of the central questions of our time. It is. Um, I am a longtime supporter of zombies. I also enjoy a good vampire. I love a good vampire book. I love vampires in books, but in actual real life, I like zombies. And I wanna ask you a question, which is what is your zombie apocalypse survival plan? And then I will tell you mine.
0: honestly there is no survival plan whether it's zombies or or hurricane or the floods coming i'm just going to cower in a corner and just like eat a a cinnabon and check out of society that is very
1: similar to my plan we are such kindred spirits we are such kindred spirits my plan is if there's an actual zombie apocalypse as soon as possible run headfirst into the zombies I don't want to go through. I don't want to see people I love be destroyed by zombieism. I want them to watch me be destroyed by zombieism. I want out as quickly as possible.
0: Most disturbing aspect because you've really put a lot of time and effort into Oh, yeah. No, this.
1: I am ready. I am ready. <laughs> if there are even three zombies out there, I shall be the fourth.
0: Zombies, he's your first victim. John Green, um, master of the zombie apocalypse, amazing author of The Fault in Our Stars. Um, congratulations on the book. Uh, we're so excited for the film and uh, enjoy this crazy week. Enjoy this moment, man. It's good to see you.
1: Thank you, Josh. So good to see you. Always a pleasure. That was so fun. So good. God that, that was, was genuinely fun. enjoyable. I'm like
0: wait, that's not supposed to happen on a press tour? No, I know. <laughs> it was a huge relief because nothing else has been
1: enjoyable today. Oh, say that. Thank you. That was <laughs> so fun.